Come on. How many of you know somebody that's been influenced by the devil? Amen. I think we all do. Amen. But we have to work even harder to influence people for God. Say amen. Sometimes in life, things can get a little rocky. Amen. I reckon I can. They get a little rock. This is a real rock. Who's the toughest person in here? Tyrone, put your hand down. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah, that's real. It didn't hit my toe either. Thank you, Lord. Influencer. Be an influencer for God. Jesus was the ultimate influencer. Here in the scripture, we've been going over each week how Jesus was influenced in hundreds and thousands of people for the kingdom of God. And we'll find out, and listen to me, the way God has given me this series, I'm already setting you up from four weeks from now. Wow. The Bible teaches us that following the examples of Jesus, that we are literally helping people come out of darkness. There's so many people in society that's in a dark place. And listen to me, the devil used the pandemic to put some people even in a darker place. Amen, saints. I, I told you, I, I preached just four months ago how you have to come out of your semi-depression. Don't stay there. Don't stay in a rocky place that you were not designed to be at. Say amen, somebody. Last week, amen, I'm telling you, many people in here are awake and listening. How many of you were alive last week? Well, keep your hand up for a minute. Like, I don't know. Okay. Last week, evidently, the world was rocked, the world was shocked, and the world was rattled and shaken because Facebook, And Instagram went down suddenly, and people start freaking out all over the world. People began to panic all over the world. And listen to me, don't misunderstand me. Technology can be a good thing, man. Amen. But, but listen to me, don't be so codependent upon technology that you don't think you need God. Because I say this all the time if the power cuts off, and I don't have my iPad. I've got God's word in my heart. Somebody say amen. If the power goes out, I can't ask, hey, Siri, find so-and-so-and-so. If the power goes out, I can't ask Google, how far is the moon from planet Earth? If the power goes out, you need to have a relationship with God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Facebook, I hope I don't get in trouble here. Facebook was having a very challenging time because they were called into question about influencing people, especially young ladies, in a negative way. Families have been separated. Friendships have broken up over Facebook and Instagram. People trolling each other on Instagram. Somebody said to me, Pastor, I really don't care for her, but I see everything she's doing on Instagram. Why are you looking at her Instagram if you don't care for her? 
Jefferson, you could have hit a dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> you spending most of your time on Facebook and Instagram when you're supposed to be working? Oh, I better leave that alone. People getting quiet. Pastor, don't you talk about Instagram. Don't you talk. What you going to do when it all shuts down? Families are falling out over Instagram. People fighting over religion, fighting over politics, fighting over, am I going to take the vaccine? Don't take the vaccine. Fighting back and forth on social media. Well, I'm going to spill the tea today. Fighting back and forth. Well, should I do this? Should I do that? Pray. Where's the maturing Christians at? Pray before you make important decisions. The Bible teaches us in all of our ways, acknowledge, and he'll do what? He'll tell you to get the shot or not get the shot. He'll tell you to wear your mask or not wear your mask. Acknowledge God and he shall direct. We want to make sure that we're influencing people in a positive way, just like Jesus. Did you take advantage when the power, when it all cut down, somebody said it was five and a half hours, six hours without Instagram. Well, you survived. Amen. You survived without having to check your Instagram and Facebook. But my question is, somebody said, Pastor, I had all this time. Did you read your Bible? When, when you had extra time, did you take time to pray at all? Did you talk to someone to try to brighten up their day? That's letting your light shine. All of us, we only have so many opportunities in a day to be a blessing to someone. Reflecting Jesus is what we've all been called to do. It's time to realize that. Stop playing with God. My responsibility is not to reflect my own will, my own way, but my responsibility is to reflect Jesus. What he said, what he taught, what his principles are. Letting your light shine, you have to change the way you think. You have to change the way you think. How many of you have that paper in your hand? Hold it. You have to change the way you think. And through the power of God, God is doing that each week. I told you I had members tell me, Pastor, things are already shifting in my life already. Listen, when the enemy's attacking you, he's only attacking you because he knows what God has in store for you. And he wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to get flustered over how people act. But I told you last week, remember, it's not necessarily the person. It's the spirit that's dwelling. Letting your light shine. This shift that is taking place is not only taking place here in America, but there's a shift taking place in our homes. And we begin to pray over and over and over as the church we pray that God's will shall be done. There's a shift taking place because God's word says that the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. And I hope I don't get in trouble here, but the Lord told me I have to say this. America, we do not own the rights to God. 
There are Christians, there are believers all over the world who are trying to walk by faith. That's why it's a very good saying, Mother Terrell. We used to say this, you pray for me and I'll pray for you. There are actually Christians who are being tortured and tormented today. We need to pray. Here in our text, in the Gospel of John, here in chapter 8, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was bringing in a shift. He was bringing in a shift to humanity that had never been done before. Let's get into the Word. I have to back up a little bit, so stay with me and keep your Bible open. Look at verse 7. This woman had been bought before Jesus. She had been caught in the very act of adultery. That means someone had to go inside of her house, drag her out. We don't know if she was dressed or undressed. Dragged her all the way to the temple, which was a holy place, dragged her in front of everyone, in front of Jesus, to humiliate her. Look at verse 7. It says, however, when they persisted with their questions, when the Pharisees, when the religious rulers kept asking Jesus questions, Jesus did not answer them right away. And he did not answer minister every question that they asked him. This is a very valuable lesson for every maturing Christian. When people come to you with the wrong attitude, with the wrong motive, attempting to set you up to fail, you are not obligated to answer them. When they were talking to Jesus, Jesus just kept on doing what he was doing. Stop acknowledging the devil all the time. Sometimes you need to ignore the devil. Know who you are in Christ, and it doesn't matter what the devil tries to throw at you, large or small, you've already been equipped. Look at somebody and say, I'm equipped. Look at somebody else and say, I can handle it. Thank you, Father. What a valuable lesson Jesus teaches us. Don't jump up and just speak and blurt out the first thing out of your mouth. The Bible teaches us as maturing Christians, the Holy Spirit, in your time of conversation, he will even give you the words, the right word to say at the right moment. Say amen. The Bible says here that Jesus raised himself up and said, let him who is without sin among you, be the first person to throw a stone at her. Hold your stones up. Hold them up. Let him, let the person who is without sin, let the person who is without sin, thank you, be the first to throw a stone. Get your paper. Look at the person on your seat. I know you like them. I hope you like them. You look like you like them. Look at them. Hold your paper up. Look at them. Don't look at me now. The person who is without sin, which is probably a little baby. I heard a baby earlier. 
That's a girl, I wish I could come get your baby, Sister Kim. That's probably the only person in the sanctuary that's qualified to even throw a stone is a little baby because all of us have sinned. There's your paper over there. Pick it up and come short of the glory of God. And if God has showed grace to you, if God, come on, draw, draw your hand back. If God has shown grace to you, show grace to someone else. Say amen. Thank you. Please put your hand down. In studying this lesson, they were ready to throw a stone at her. The religious leaders have been planning this for a long time. But if you notice, look at verse 7. If you notice in verse 7, Jesus did not say, he who is without sin among you, reach down, pick up a stone, and throw it at her. He didn't say that because I told you last week, Jesus knows all things. And Jesus knew that they already had their stones in their hands. They had already pre-planned to kill this woman. And I showed you last week, the stones were very, it was a very violent act. It's unbelievable they actually used to do this. But listen, what even made it worse is they dragged her to the church. These were religious people who were ready to kill a woman on the church grounds. Wow. Is the church any different today? If a homeless person walked in, would you be ready to... If somebody walked in and you could smell liquor on them, would you be ready to? If somebody walked in and you can tell when a person's on drugs and you can tell they're high, would you be ready to? Just because you ain't drunk on a Sunday don't mean you wasn't drunk Friday. <laughs> Jesus knew what was in the hearts and minds of these men. There is a possibility that some of these men picked up the stone when they were dragging this woman to the temple. There is a possibility that some of them picked up the stone on the way to the temple. But listen, hear me good. These men had got together and already pre-planned this, so some of them already had their stones at home, anticipating waiting for the opportunity to harm someone else. Look at somebody and say, I really need Jesus. Because people have been plotting, the world, the enemy, Satan, has been plotting for a long time to take you out, but Jesus, he's my defender, but Jesus, he's my stronghold, but Jesus, he's my bridge, but Jesus, he's my shelter in the time of storm. But Jesus, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Somebody say, Jesus is my defender. They were ready to take this woman's life. These men were waiting for an opportunity to test Jesus. Look at verse 9. It says here, I'm backing up because I want you to get this. It says that the religious leaders, they listened to him and they began going out conscious stricken one by one from the oldest 
down to the last one of them until Jesus was left alone with this woman. Standing before him in the center of the temple courts. Now see, this is what you have to realize. The crowd was still around Jesus. But Jesus stood his ground with the religious leaders. And I told you last week, and I want to reiterate it today, stop running from your enemies. The Bible says Jesus stood up. If Jesus can stand up, why can't you, why can't the church stand up? Stop waiting for someone else to do what God called the church to do, and God called the church to stand up. The crowd was still there, but Jesus was there also. And this woman was there lying in the ground, humiliated, half-dressed, had been dragged there. She was laying there with her heart broken. She was laying there embarrassed. And in studying this lesson, it never said that the religious leaders went back to their houses. It never said that the religious leaders dropped their stones. The Bible doesn't say that. There's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, we cool. Hey, ain't nothing, we, we good, ain't nothing going on. And as soon as you turn your back, raise your hand and say, Jesus is my defender. Listen, these religious people, you know what the religious leaders did? The Pharisees and Sadducees, they faded into the crowd as if they had dispersed. Sometimes it may look like, oh, the devil's gone, but he's just fading into the background, waiting for another opportunity. The crowd was still there. The Bible doesn't say they dropped their stones. Some of them faded into the crowd and hid their stones. It, you know, it, it, it's pretty bad when somebody hurts you that you don't know. But man, it's heartbreaking when somebody you've laughed with, somebody you hung out with, all the time they're grinning in your face. Oh, I'm preaching to you and they have a stone behind their backs. I'm going to give you this. Because what people need to realize is this. I told you last week, Jesus was 12 years old, and he was teaching in the temple. You remember that last week? 12 years old. Process this. What is 30 minus 12? 18? So, from 12 to 18, Jesus was actually 33, so we'll say... 20 years had passed since Jesus was teaching in the temple at 12. 20 years later, some of those same Pharisees were still alive. So it's not like Jesus was a stranger, Brother Marvin, to them. He wasn't a stranger. They knew who he was. I told you Nicodemus knew who he was. And in studying this lesson in chapter 7, it says that many of the Pharisees, many of the scribes believed in Jesus, but they were scared because of the crowd. You better stop following the crowd and you better start following Jesus. 
So they were no, he was no stranger to them. So when they came to him, it's not the first time they plotted against him. Read chapter 7. It says multiple times they tried to kill him. The chief priest says, didn't I tell you to bring Jesus to me? Didn't I tell you to bring him right here? He's causing too much of a disturbance. He's causing too much of a ruckus. He's talking about love the Romans. What are we going to love our enemies for? They could not see that there was a... The Bible is true whether we believe it or not. And never get to the point where you are unwilling to listen, unwilling to change. The Bible says that the Pharisees, they listened. Look at verse 9. They listened to him. And it said they began to leave. Look at your Bible. From the oldest down to the last person. And this is for every senior member and every senior person. It doesn't say from the oldest to the youngest. Listen, senior people, I want you to know the reason that many of them walked off is because the senior people knew it wasn't right to stone this woman. So they at least backed off. And the other people saw the seniors and they did accordingly. Senior members, grandparents, People are watching you. They want to see how you're going to react. If they see how you're going to react, they will follow your lead. When we say, I've been following Jesus a long time, to come on and set a good example. One day, I'm going to be dead. One day, many of us are going to be gone, and we have to make sure that we're setting a good foundation for our young people to follow. Say amen, somebody. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'll be 54 years old, so I can say this. Listen, stop lying to these kids. I ain't never did nothing. Stop lying. Tell them the truth. I made mistakes. I've slipped. I've fallen. But God was kind enough um, by myself. And God was gracious enough. Even in my stupidity, God picked me up, gave me another chance. Let me say, Pastor, Pastor, I don't understand. Pastor, I don't understand. Listen to me. I know there are good people and there are bad people. Listen, everybody wants to say, all the Pharisees were not bad. They were just afraid. Stop being afraid. When you know God's word is true, stand on what you know is true. That's why Nicodemus was such a chicken. He had to go at nighttime. He had to sneak and see Jesus because he was afraid. Listen, God is looking for the church to not be afraid. God is looking for someone who says, Lord, I'm not afraid. Lord, I'm available to do whatever you want me to do. I don't necessarily want to deal with a bunch of mess, but I will do what you called me to do. Somebody say amen in the house. Senior members, this woman was down on her knees. She was full of shame. She was crying. There were tears falling to the ground. 
right in front of Jesus. The disciples were still there. The crowd was just still there. And Jesus, full of compassion, full of tenderness, full of grace. Look at verse 10. When Jesus raised himself up, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? Stop allowing people to accuse you all the time of something you did in your past. I told you last week, stop denying your past. Move on past it. Say amen. Church, when the Lord has set you free, you are free indeed. And I'm going to hit on this in about four weeks. Put your hand on yourself. Say, I am the church. I'm not going to be free because I'm already free. If God has set you free, don't allow the enemy to put you back in bondage. Bondage is when you start thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Some of these things in my life are too big. Is it too big for God to handle? Is there anything too hard for God? Jesus said the things which are impossible for man are what? Possible with God. He raised himself up and said, no one condemns you. We need to change our mindset and stop allowing people to impact us in negative ways. When somebody says something negative to you, in your mind just, we used to say let it go in one ear. <laughs> don't allow the enemy, don't allow negative things to stick into your spirit. Change your mindset. I remember this a long time ago when my kids were small, probably in the fourth grade. They had a thing, and I, I never heard of this. Most times when you get caught doing something, very rarely is it caught being good. When somebody, when the teacher would catch you, most times the teacher would catch you doing something you're not supposed to be doing. But they had a program here in the school. It was called Caught Being Good. And the more books you would read, they give you a little coupon for McDonald's French fries. Or to give you a coupon to get some cookies at Wendy's. But you could only get this coupon if you were caught being good. Listen, God wants to shower you with blessings. But you at least have to be in a position where you are caught. <laughs> Isn't it great how the Lord is aware of everything that takes place in our lives? There are believers who are trying to live for God. Jesus was not ashamed to be associated with this woman. Even though the Pharisees and the other religious leaders had faded in the crowd and this woman's left before Jesus, he wasn't ashamed to be associated with her. And today, body of Christ, today, those of you who are unsaved, Jesus is not ashamed to be associated with you. When you choose him as your Lord and as your Savior, don't you know you are adopted? 
where are my maturing Christians? Into the family of God. When you are adopted into the family of God, every right, every privilege that's in the Bible becomes yours. Isn't God good? Look at verse 10. Look at it carefully. Jesus said, come on, look at it. Where are your accusers? God has a way of pushing back your accusers. God has a way of pushing back the accuser of the saints. The devil's always trying to accuse you of something, but God has a way of pushing him back. The end of verse 10, look at it. It says, has anyone condemned you to death? There's been times in my life where I know people, if they could have, would have had me laid up in L.A. Jones or Watkins or back in the day, E.R. Morris. That's before some of your time. No matter what, listen, you live, you dwell in the place where God wants you to be and don't dwell in a place where other people try to put you. These men tried to put this woman in a hole. They knew she was going to die on this particular day. They already had it pre-planned that we're going to help be part of something negative. But Jesus, some people try to set you up. The world has tried to set you up. The world does not set you up for success. The world sets you up for failure. But God has a way of setting you up for success. Somebody say amen in the house. The end of verse 10 says, no one has condemned you. This woman noticed that Jesus spoke to her not like any other man had ever spoke to her. He spoke to her because he really cared about her. When he looked at her, I'm serious, man, he didn't look at her like a piece of meat. He didn't look at her like a slave. He didn't look at her, oh, come on, let's be real, like a slut. Say amen, somebody. When Jesus looked at her, he looked at her as a creation of the Most High God. When Jesus looked at her, he saw someone that was redeemable. When he looks at you, he sees someone that is redeemable. He looked at her. He saw someone that was invaluable. This is to everyone. Stop stooping your standards down trying to fit in with everybody else. God has redeemed you from your old man. God has redeemed you from your old nature. Don't allow the enemy to pull you back to where you used to be. Somebody say, I'm a faith walker. Come on, say, I'm a faith walker. I, I don't want to just talk about faith. I actually want to walk it. In life, man, you're going to have a lot of smooth places. And that's good. But don't be deceived. In life, you're going to have some rocks. You're going to have some trials. Jesus has some trials and some tribulations. But I'm telling some of them tribulations, and I'm telling some of my trials, buddy, it's time for some of y'all to go. I'm not going to be fooling with the same stuff I was fooling with. It's time for some of you to go. And that's what the body of Christ needs to do. Stand up and walk in the authority that God has given you. 
Stop waiting till Sunday morning saying, I'm going to make a change. Get your happy self up on Monday and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. Hallelujah. I am redeemable. No matter how far you think you've gone or ran from God, you are redeemable. Stop letting people put a price tag on you, selling yourself short. The enemy telling you that what you don't deserve, accusing you. We know that when Jesus looked at her, he looked past her sin. Raise your hand, somebody said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I got to raise both hands. Where's your rocket? Thank you, Lord. Because when you look at me, hold your rock up, you look past my sin. You look past my mistakes. You look past when I was foolishly thinking about hurting someone else, not with my actions, but with my... Thank you, Lord that you redeem me. Thank you, Lord, that you look past my sin. Hallelujah. You know what the song says. He looked beyond. Can anybody say that? My faults. And sometimes we say he looked beyond all my faults and saw my needs. This woman had been looking for love but in all the wrong places. Now, as a result of sinning, she was now face to face with the one person on the planet who had never sinned before. Jesus could have condemned her. Jesus could have said you know, anything to her, but the power of God being inside of Jesus, because one thing you got to remember he was 100% man, I wish I had time, and he was also 100% God. Can you imagine? Uh, come on, Fred, imagine this. Jesus, see, we forget this, Sister Gilda. Jesus wasn't just a man. He was a man born of a woman, yes, but Jesus literally came from heaven. Jesus was 100% God. Can you imagine the power that he had within his body to do whatever he wanted to do? And I touched on this last week. The Bible even says if we don't want to praise God, that the rocks will cry out. Let me tell you this. It's unnatural for a rock to speak. Say, how many of you believe that? I've never heard a rock talk. <laughs> we need to get a doctor up in here. I don't know. That's an unnatural thing. It's an unnatural thing. Don't say what God can't do. It's unnatural for a man named Peter to get out of a boat where he's safe. Oh, y'all don't hear me. <laughs> that's unnatural. But I know someone that's in charge of nature. And if Jesus tells Peter, step out of the boat and walk on the water, that's an unnatural act. God can do whatever he wants to do. We just have to make sure we're lined up. It's not natural to be able to feed 5,000 and 4,000, but he did it. 
This woman had been looking for love in all the wrong places. And I have to say this, this to all the young men and young women, listen in all your ways. Just acknowledge God. I understand. Listen, hear me up. I'm going to be real with you today. I know it sucks being lonely. It's not any fun. Sometimes you do okay. Sometimes you don't. But remember, the truth is, you are not by yourself. The Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus even said, I will never... Never. This is God speaking to you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Clap your hands and thank God. Even when you thought you were by yourself, God was with you. All of us have sinned. Every person listening to me, every person watching all over the world, all of us have sinned. All of us have done things behind closed doors that we hope no one will never find out about. And no matter how you try to hide, how you try to be discreet, God still sees our sin. No one else may know what you're doing every day. No one else may know what you're doing at night. Amen, baby. She said, at night! <laughs> Girl, but God knows. And thank you, God, that you don't just see our sin. You see a life that is worth saving. Every life is redeemable. Look at verse 11. She answered said, no one. And Jesus says, I do not condemn you either. Go your way and from now on sin no more go your way and sin no more Jesus knew that this woman recognized her sinfulness she was laying before Jesus and she never tried to hide she never tried to defend herself because she knew she was guilty we're wasting our time when we come before God and try to pretend like we have never done anything, when we know we have been guilty. But thank God for his redeeming power. Thank God for his forgiving power. Thank God for his patience. Say amen, somebody. She never tried to defend herself at all because she knew she was guilty. Jesus knew everything that was going on inside of her heart. And Jesus spoke to her heart and not to her head. Jesus spoke to her soul and not to her flesh. And Jesus says right in front of his disciples, right in front of the crowds, right in front of the Pharisees, right in front of his enemies, he says, I don't condemn you. And that's what Jesus is saying today in 2021. I don't condemn you. Get up. Brush yourself off. Clean yourself up and sin no more. Here in verse 11, look at it. Jesus calls us to a life of holiness. He calls us to a life 
of obedience. And he literally tells her, stop sinning and walk and make every effort to walk in the newness of God. There comes a time in everyone's life, please look at me, a time in everybody's life where you should be tired of trying to navigate all of this stuff. Navigating the small stuff and the big stuff. I'm telling you, church, I'm serious, man. I'm learning this, Brother Fred, to cast it. I don't want my children dealing with the same foolishness that I had to deal with. I want to set a new standard of generational blessing. When Jesus came and made the shift, humanity would never be the same. And now that you have the knowledge, your life will never be the same. Generational curses are broken. Just because somebody had high blood pressure in your family does not mean you're going to have it. You can break that curse today. I'm not going to needlessly continue to do stuff. I know some people may be mad. Some people say, oh, no, we cool, we good. And this is all you see. But in their spirit, <laughs> I've been waiting for this a long time. Put them in the hands of God. Why are we going to continue as the body of Christ? Listen, God doesn't want you stumbling every other day. The Bible doesn't say Jesus walked around stumbling every day. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. Jesus went about healing, teaching. Here these men were thinking, we got this woman. We got our stones ready. We got people in the crowd who's going to back us up. We know we're going to kill this woman today. Listen, if the world could have, they would have taken you out. But thank God that right when everybody was ready, hold it up. When we were self-righteous, when we were trying to be judge, jury, an executioner right before, come on, get your hand up, right before somebody was going to throw it at you, Jesus says, I don't condemn you, but I want to do something better than the Pharisees. I want to do something better than the Sadducees. I want to do something better than the Sanhedrin court. I want to do something better than even the high priest. I want to do something better than all the rabbis. I don't want to fade back in the crowd trying to hide from God. God knows what's inside of me. God knows what I'm holding on to behind me. I want to literally drop my stone because with the same judgment that you have for somebody else, ooh, that same judgment will come back on you. I'm thankful today. The Bible says that he is the righteous judge. Say amen, somebody. Thank you, Lord, that whatever comes up in my life is designed to help me and not to hurt me. Just like these religious leaders here in this verse, we have to choose to make a difference, choose to make a change. This woman had been facing negative episode after negative episode in her life, and she was tired. 
and she wanted a shift to take place. And I can see her, <laughs> after leaving the feet of Jesus, getting up, cleaning herself off. Can you imagine when she got up what the people must have been saying to her? Can you imagine the people <laughs> who were ready to stone her, trying to hide their stones, say, oh, shh, that's, that's the woman. That's the woman that got caught. That's the woman that got caught. But uh, the prophet said, the persons without sin, you throw the first stone. Shh, put your stone away. That, that's her. That's her. People can talk about you all day long, but they better keep your hands off a child of God. People can plot all day long, but they better keep their. And some people, just like they want to kill Jesus, some people were ready to kill this woman, even though she was going home. But you know what? She went home with a new attitude. She went home with a new perspective. She just met the Prince of Peace who blessed her with peace. Isn't God good? Won't God give you peace? God gave her peace when all her enemies were around her. Jesus said, get up. I don't condemn you either. Thank you, Father. When I deserved to be punished. Thank you, Father. When I really deserved this, but I got this. Thank you for your mercy, Father. And Father God, since you were merciful to me, help me be a little bit more merciful to someone else. It's not about wanting to condemn somebody else. Listen, I mean, honest people, I should have been condemned a long time ago. Any honest folk in here? A long time ago. But the grace of God, the grace of God, and what makes it so bad is they wanted to condemn this woman at church. Church folk, get over it because people don't look like you, don't act like you, got a tattoo. If you love Jesus, you're a part of the body of Christ. I don't get in trouble. Yeah, I don't get in trouble. Whatever you've done in your past, God doesn't condemn you. The past is in the past. When we repent, Everyone say repent. When we repent, when we ask God to restore us, that's when the shift takes place. First of all, you have to start with yourself. Told you don't always look at somebody else. Take a look at yourself. Some people don't like looking at themselves because the enemy has tricked you in making you believe that the image looking back at you is who you are. That's not who you are. You can't see your soul. Your soul has been redeemed. And if your soul has been redeemed, the Bible teaches us that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Not only say it with your mouth, but say it how you live. Say it when somebody else is getting ready to get stoned. Why don't you speak up and say, don't stone them. Don't hurt them with your words. Pray for them. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Put them in the hands of God. I know they messed up. Put them in the hands of God. When we messed up, what if we were stoned? Every time we messed up, what if we were stoned? What if somebody broke in your house and dragged you out and brought you in front of the Savior? Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace.
Look at this. Turn your Bibles to the book of Romans. Very, very powerful. The eighth chapter of Romans. Find the eighth chapter of Romans and look at verse 31. It says here, what then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe? Who can stand up against us if God is on our side? That's what Jesus told this woman. Jesus said, I'm for you. Don't concern yourself with your neighbors. Don't concern yourself with the crowd. Don't concern yourself with the people that say, ah, oh, you messed up. All of us have grown short. God wants us to have success. And if God is for us, don't worry yourself with who's against you. Say amen, somebody. Put your hand on yourself. Say, God is for me. That's what Jesus did for this woman. When he told her to get up, when he restored her, he said, I'm for you. It doesn't matter who's all against you. I'm for you. Go and sin no more. Jesus wanted her to have success even though she messed up. And I want to say this to everyone listening, everyone watching. God wants you to have success. It doesn't matter how dark it looks. God wants you to have success. God wants to redeem you, and God wants you to let your light shine. Now I'm going to break it down where you can understand me. Next time your kids or your grandkids get to working your nerves, let it shine. You don't have to curse them out. Oh, somebody say amen. You don't have to yell all across the room. Say amen. Let your light shine. Say amen. Jesus was letting this woman know, I'm not going to condemn you. Don't walk in sin. Don't get comfortable in sin. Have a light bulb moment. Don't be too prideful to say, Lord, I repent of my sins. And I can hear somebody thinking right now, saying, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You, you don't know how much I've messed up. You don't know the rocks. You don't know the trials. You don't know the tribulations. You don't know all the mess that I've accumulated. But when you become a Christian, there's so many things that all of us could be condemned for. This is what Jesus did, man. This platform was full of rocks. This lady had her accusers all around her. And they've been looking at her half-dressed, half-cut, half-bruised, looking at her and saying, Jesus, we caught her and you're just going to set her free? But when the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Don't allow the enemy to try to drag you where you used to be. And that's what the crowd was saying, Deacon Marshall. But look, how can she walk off with a smile on her face? How is she so happy? Look at all the people she slept with. 
Look at all the people you've done wrong. Look at all the people you mistreated. God will forgive you. God has forgiven you. But we have to learn how to be mature enough to say, Lord, I repent. In order for the shift to take place, you can't remain the same. Say amen, church. Let your light shine. Look at verse 12 here in chapter 8. Turn back to St. John. After Jesus finished talking to this woman, he goes, that's why I said Jesus is so cool. After he talks to her, then he goes right back to teaching. As if his enemies had not said anything. You know what Jesus said. Look at verse 12. Once more, Jesus addressed the crowd and he said, I am. Nobody never said that before. I am the light of the world. That's why he could let this woman leave his presence in a new state. That's why this woman walked off as if the light of God shined all over her body. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light which is life. God wants to give you a new life. God wants to energize you with the Holy Spirit. God wants to change your mind to make you process things differently. Through the power of forgiveness, Jesus gave this woman new purpose. Through the power of forgiveness, her purpose was now to spread kindness and love. Can you imagine how Jesus changed her life? God has given you purpose today in 2021. Your purpose is to witness. Your purpose is to testify. Your purpose is to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable in the sight of God. I don't care. I don't care about being pleasing and acceptable in the sight of man that does nothing. But I want to be pleasing and acceptable in the sight of, somebody say amen. Thank you, Father. Jesus was determined to let his light shine. Despite the circumstances, despite the Pharisees trying to set him up to go against the laws of Moses, Jesus was determined to let his light shine. Despite of what you face every day, be determined. I'm going to let my light shine. I'm just going to let it shine. I don't care what people think of me. I want to let my light shine for God. Let your light shine by lending a hand when someone's down. The Bible says that Jesus was sitting down teaching. The Bible says that he was compassionate. The Bible says he really cared what was going on in the lives of people. We need to slow down. We're not in such a hurry that we can't stop and listen to one another. If we can talk about each other and point out, look at all this mess down here, point out each other's faults, why can't we find somebody and say, hey, that person has been caught being good. That person has served God. That person really tries to live for God. That person is committed to God. That person is really dedicated to God. And stop trying to point out people's faults. 
Amen. Believers, just like Jesus, God has placed a light inside of all of us. And we are to light up this world wherever we go. Stop looking for somebody else to do it. Somebody said, well, I've only been saved 15 years. 15 years is long enough. Jesus trained his disciples for three and a half years. Everybody said three and a half years. After three and a half years, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you, are no, you should no longer be a baby Christian. In order to walk by faith, that means you have to be going through some stuff with God. I'm not going to go through stuff with God and look back and make fun of somebody else that's going through the same thing I've been through. Some people always make fun. Well, look at him. Look at her. I can't believe they acted that way. All of us have done things. Say amen, somebody. And I don't want to ever be in a position where I look down at somebody. Jesus reached down to help this woman not to hurt her. And that's what God is calling the body of Christ to do. Jesus said, look, where are your accusers? Where are the ones that dragged you? Where are they at now? The woman said, they're not here, Lord. And that's what you're going to find out between October and January of 2022. Where are your accusers? Where's all the mess that you thought is impossible, it's too big, it's too many of them? All this stuff, God said, I'm going to get rid of it. When you let your light shine for him, we let our light shine for God. Darkness has to go away. We let our light shine for God. Fear has to leave. Disappointment has to leave. We let our light shine for God. We don't have to wonder, Lord, are you with me? Are you with me? We'll know for ourselves that the creator of the universe is with me. Say amen, somebody. Thank you, Lord, for the light that you have placed inside of me. And that's what God wants every believer to know today. God chose you. And if God chose you, don't let anyone trick you into going backwards. Stand to your feet. Please repeat after me. I am... God's representative. Come on, say it. I am God's representative. Represent him in your home, first of all. Lift your hands to heaven. Represent him in your community. Represent him at school, at work, with your friends with your associates. I am God's representatives. And as God's representative, lift your hands. I'm very serious. Please repeat after me. God's glory is upon me. That's why no danger can take you out because God's glory is upon me. Get up and be intentional. Live for God every day. We walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, clap your hands. I know you received the word today. One more time, say, Lord, I'm available.
to be your representative. Father, everyone that's here, everyone listening, use them for your glory. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives that our lights may shine for you. Thank you. That when our accusers tell us how we've messed up, we don't have to listen to them because we've been redeemed. We've been washed in the blood, help me out church folk, of the Lamb. We've been redeemed. We've been set free. We've been delivered. We've come out of darkness and we walk in the marvelous light of the Lord. Clap your hands. I know that God is good. Clap your hands. I know God is blessing. Clap your hands. I know God is making a way out of, come on, out of no way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another chance to live for you, to stand for you, to let my light shine. I encourage you today, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, accept him today.